Welcome to TikTok Radio. I'm your host, Victoria Jameson. I'm a verified TikTok creator and professional makeup artist based in Dallas, Texas. After gaining over 800,000 TikTok followers in just six months, I became obsessed with helping aspiring creators and entrepreneurs unlock their full potential on the fastest growing app in the world. If you're looking to find your niche, increase your income, and build your influence with short form video content, then you are in the right place. My goal for this podcast is to inspire and empower you with actionable tips and insight from top TikTok creators so that you can master the For You page and build your brand on TikTok and beyond. There's no better time to start than right now. Let's dive into this week's episode of TikTok Radio. Hey y'all, did you miss me? Welcome back to TikTok Radio. Man, I've been waiting to say that for so long, you guys. If you're new here, hi. I'm Victoria Jamison. You probably heard that in the intro, but I started this podcast back in early 2020 so that I could connect with creators and learn about their journey using TikTok and kind of reverse engineer their success so that I could apply it to my own content creation, help my clients do the same, and get more insight into the lives of really successful content creators is really at the end of the day, my biggest goal. And since then, I've been able to grow my platform to almost a million followers on TikTok and over a million across all my socials. But even with that kind of success, I still had a lot of things in my personal life that I needed to address and make changes so that I could be the best version of myself. So I took about a year off of this podcast, which is so annoying because I really prided myself in consistency before so much of my life has changed. And I hope if there's anything you guys take away from this is that it is okay to take a break and come back and rebuild. Like it's not embarrassing. We're all human. Life happens and you need to take a step back sometimes and address your real life. You know, social media is not a replacement for our day-to-day relationships and lifestyle and happiness, really. So I hope that by taking a step back and returning, basically, that you guys can see that there's no shame in taking care of yourself, taking care of your mental health, putting real life first. I think that gets lost sometimes within the blurred lines of reality and social media. I'm back. We have an amazing new production team and we are launching as a video podcast. So you'll be able to view the full episodes on our YouTube channel. The clips will be posted on our new social channels on TikTok and Instagram. Make sure you guys follow us there. And we also have a new and improved version of the TikTok Accelerator course launching very, very soon. I'll give you guys more details on that when I can. I just want to say thank you. If you're listening to this, if you're a returning listener that has pushed play on this after I took such a long break, like I so, so, so appreciate you. I had a lot of people reaching out to me, asking me when I was going to post new episodes, what was going on. So thank you guys for being patient. As always, feel free to send in your questions questions via DM on our socials. You can also submit a voice memo type thing here on Anchor. Overall, I'm just excited to be back. I've had so much fun connecting with creators and doing video interviews now. It just adds a whole new dimension to getting to know someone and connecting. I think you guys are going to be pretty excited about some of the guests we have. If there's a certain creator that you would love to see, be sure to send me a message. Let me know. 
I'm always looking for suggestions on who you guys want to hear from and who you want to learn from. We're going to be touching on so many more of the avenues for short form video content. Reels had really just been getting up and running when I last was posting episodes regularly. And now it's kind of proven to be a more cemented aspect of Instagram, which is a whole nother conversation that I'm sure you guys will hear my opinions on. And the creator economy really has changed a lot in the last year. So I'm excited to dive into those topics, share with you guys my firsthand experience. I can say through these really big life changes I've had, I have been so, so thankful for my platform because it's really what's given me financial stability and having multiple streams of revenue attached to that kept me financially stable during such an unpredictable time. Enough about me. If you want to see what I'm up to in my day to day, you can follow me on TikTok. It's at Victoria or on Instagram at Victoria Jameson. Now it's time to dive into our very first interview of the season. I'm so excited for you guys to hear from my friend Autumn Klein. I've known her for a really long time and I've always wanted to do an interview with her and I had the opportunity to utilize an in-person studio when I was visiting Oklahoma City to meet with her. If you hear something that resonates with you during this episode, go ahead, take a screenshot, put it on your story, tag us, and share your big takeaways. I think it's really fitting that Autumn is the first guest of the season because we talk a lot about consistency and balance and integrating creation into your day-to-day life so that you don't get burnt out and it's something that you can enjoy. So I hope that resonates with you guys too. I'm here today with Autumn Klein. This is super fun because I've known Autumn for a long time from Musical.ly slash TikTok. I was really excited that she was able to come to the studio and actually be our first in-person guest. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about how you got started and what that journey looks like? My story is I had a really bad injury that I had surgery on. And when I woke up, the doctor told me it was a worst case scenario. I had a 50% chance of returning to my job as a ballet dancer. Not ideal. I realized... I was going to have four months of not even being able to walk then another couple months of rehab. So I started editing old videos I had taken of myself for improvement and putting them on Musical.ly just to edit music onto it to post to Instagram. And they started taking off and I never stopped posting. It's just funny because I've heard several people say that they started using Musical.ly as like an editing platform like a million years ago. And they're like, oh, I didn't even realize that was TikTok. Like just the music feature of being able to add music was like... A big deal for people. Right. Because it was so hard when I knew nothing about making videos. Didn't say this in the intro, but Autumn's a professional dancer with Oklahoma City Ballet. So when did you realize like, oh, okay, this social media thing can work for me outside of just my dance career? I realized it pretty early on. I think because I was starting at that moment when Musical.ly was trying to change from being just it's kids that lip sync Mm -hmm. to we have adult centered content as well. So they actually called me when I had been doing it for two months and they put me in a special program to teach me how to make content. I was going to ask you because I know that they had been working with creators. You were like in the creator program. Actually, was that when they did like the live streaming thing? I also did that. Those are two separate. Yeah. Okay. So there was a lot of these weird like niche programs back when TikTok was Musical.ly and they were like almost trying to network and meet with creators and that eventually has turned into the creator program, but it's looked very different over the years. They flew us out to LA. Did they really? They took us to Universal. I didn't know that. Wait, that's so cool. I know. Yeah. It was really special and I knew it was this huge opportunity and I grew from 
think I had 6,000 followers when I started to over 360 in three months. Oh, okay. So I was like, I can do something with this. I'm already making lots of money off of my live streams and That I was back when it. live streaming was like cash yeah. money. I made slime on live. Did you really? I feel like people just did the weirdest stuff on live that like right. just was entertaining. Exactly. Because it was better than the other option, which was just playing a thousand games with children. I got so burnt out on live streaming though, doing that. I honestly, I try to live stream and I just can't do it. It's interesting because I see a lot of like coaches and people in like the social media coaching space talking about live streams. And I think those of us that were into TikTok slash musically early on and doing a bunch of live streaming, it's exhausting. Like, oh yeah. You're on, you're having to like almost not perform, but it is a performance yeah. because you have to be up. Your energy has to yes. be engaging. You're still yourself, but it's like when I perform, I'm still myself, but I'm dancing. Mm -hmm. I would do it for four to six hours a day. I know people that were doing like eight, 10 hour live streams because they were making like $3,000 yeah. a day. Like yeah really good money. It was really But good. then the program shifted once right. TikTok was TikTok. Uh -huh. So you gained like 300,000 followers in a really short amount of time. You started working with TikTok. Where did you go from there? Had you done any brand deals yet? I started doing brand deals probably when I had been working for six months mm. on my social media. I don't take that many brand deals. I realized partway like my second year that I just don't enjoy doing the deals enough to take the smaller thing. That's an interesting point that I think a lot of creators realize the more often you start doing brand deals is it's really easy to get burnt out on them. If you take a lot of small ones, you're posting a lot of sponsored content, which your audience doesn't really vibe with. No. When you hold out for the bigger brand deals, it can be better aligned with your audience that pays better. Then you don't have to do another one for like a month. If, right, exactly. You know, you're turning down the small ones. And I also feel like things on TikTok are always changing, but I felt like when I was doing the small deals, they wouldn't do well. And so my numbers would be going up and it would kind of crash them back down again. And once I stopped, they went up and they stayed up for a long time. So then it was easier to get multiples of the big deals. Right. Because then they're seeing the performance and seeing how it can actually impact their page. How did your strategy shift? Because it's really easy to hit like a plateau when you're growing and we're constantly having to reevaluate our right, content right, right. shape or evolve with the platform. So how did you kind of go from there? Yes, I definitely had to do that. And I didn't know anything about social media. So in the beginning, I was kind of doing everything. I can relate to that for sure. And I feel like I wasted a lot of time on that. I got a lot of followers that weren't interested in what I was making. So I would get followers and then my engagement would drop because I wasn't making the same kind of content. Mm -hmm. I decided, okay, I'm going to make these cool makeup videos I like right now. And they're going to blow up and I'm going to get 300,000 followers in a month. And then I'm not going to make that anymore. And people are going to be like, what the heck? Why is this totally I different? I feel like part of that's natural though. Like part of it is evolving as a creator. The other part of it is I think the dopamine hit of like, if I do totally. this content, it will go viral. Like you yeah. kind of start to get a vibe yeah. of like, I know what performs well. And then when that's not aligned with what your authentic brand is, then you get burned out. out. Exactly. Yeah. That happened to me. I realized I can make content that I'm not passionate about, but I know the algorithm likes for whatever reason. And every time I fall into that trap, I get burnt out really fast. And then I just stop, which is the worst thing you can do because yeah. you lose the momentum. You lose the momentum. And it's all about, for me at least, connecting with your audience and giving them things they appreciate. Because even when they don't blow up, if I get a lot of positive engagement from people, they'll send me messages saying, oh, this really helped me. Oh, I really enjoyed this. 
that inspires me a lot more than just random numbers of people watching and commenting first. Impactful content over viral content. Exactly. Some of my favorite videos or most engaging videos have been really low performing videos. Like they didn't go viral. They didn't do great, but I connected with a lot of other creators on them. Like I saw comments from people I knew, like actually had conversations with. So I think that a lot of people put the pressure on virality when that's not really always the best thing for longevity. I definitely agree with that. And for myself, finding my space as a creator, sometimes I look at people who have gotten really easy, really quick success. And I get frustrated with my own content for not doing that. But then I remember, no, 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 that's not my path. That's not why I'm doing this. I think it's really important to keep your eyes focused on your own goals. And my goal is to create impactful content that teaches people about ballet and how wonderful and beautiful it is and inspires people to either go and watch it or continue their training or find a healthy way to engage with it. And as long as I keep my focus on that. I really enjoy it and I'm really inspired. And I think you're the perfect person to do that too, because a lot of people in the dance space, like injuries cuts off a lot of your momentum. Like when you're training, you have a really unique story in the dance world because you have had so many ups and downs in your career with being injured and switching companies and moving here to Oklahoma City. I took a four-year break to go to college. Yeah. And that's like really unheard of. I was a dance major for musical theater, but then in the ballet community, you don't have to go to college to be a professional ballet dancer. A lot of people don't. In fact, a lot of people kind of look down on it in the industry. I've heard that. Yeah. Why are you wasting your money? You're losing four years of time when you could be in the company, which is terrible, but it's just, that's the reality. Yeah. I think it's good that you're able to share and like show people what a non-traditional ballet career looks like in a way, or just having to take breaks even like for injuries. How do you think people figure out what their specific audience is? You are your audience (laughs) in so many ways. If you look at your content you're like, if I didn't know myself, would I want to watch this? Mm, I love that. If that is how you feel about it, then it's good content for yourself. I like to think about too, every video you post could be the first time someone sees you. Definitely, That's one reason I get a little bit frustrated when people complain about their views or like are saying I'm shadow banned like get me on shadow bands but it's like shadow banning is not real I'm sorry everyone but it can be frustrating to have fluctuating content but when the first thing that people are seeing of you is you saying my content's not doing well anymore like that's not not a good first impression it's not a good look it might perform well because people are like interested in what's happening you have to realize that Anything you post might go viral. And if it does go viral and it's not related to you or what you want to make, it's going to hurt your account. Do you have stories yet on TikTok? I don't. They told us we were going to get them. One of my friends got it yesterday, so hopefully I'll get it soon. I don't know if you remember this. They had it on Musical.ly for a minute and then they got rid of it. Oh my gosh. I like forgot that. They had it on Lively too, the live stream app. Lively. Oh my, you're unlocking so many memories for me. I forgot Musical.ly used to have a separate live streaming app. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. Like back in the day. That is so long. I feel like I've lived a thousand lives since then. Between like COVID, losing my house. Dude. Dramatic who era. Was that person? Right. Like, that was so long ago. Yeah. It's definitely been cool to see this platform. And one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast was because what I was seeing was normal people becoming content creators. There's also not a lot of resources out there for content creators to connect with each other. You were saying there are a lot of big creators here. I had no idea. Yeah. 
I only know you and you don't live here. There's like 15 people here in Oklahoma that are big creators. I think people think, oh, you have to live in LA to be a content creator. It's great to be able to connect and hear the similarities over and over though, because so many things. We all make the same mistakes. Yes. And it makes you feel less crazy. Yes. Because you're like, oh, okay. I'm not the only one that's freaking out when my views go down. Exactly. So when did you actually hit your first million on TikTok? 2018, I guess. You were an early grower. Yeah. Since that happened, was it discouraging to not have that kind of like explosive growth after that? Or was that the time period when you were kind of like figuring out how to manage getting burnt out or feeling I too think, drained? Yeah. I had really huge growth. And then I realized that things are going to go up and down. And that's when I learned that was kind of around the 1 million mark. It started slow. I got to like 1.3. And then it slowed down. And I was like, I'm not good at this anymore. I'm not doing well anymore. What's happening? It's like an existential crisis. Yeah. If I could say one thing that every creator struggles with, no matter what your size, like you have over, how many followers do you have now? 3.1. Okay, 3.1 million. And you're saying that seeing numbers go up and down gives you anxiety. And yeah. you're like, what is happening? Like, right, exactly. You're like, have I lost my touch? Yes. Like, do people not like me anymore? Right. Is my content bad? Am I out of ideas? Am I not creative anymore? And that is just not true everybody's going to experience the ups and downs. You wouldn't even look at the huge, huge creators and their numbers go down relative to what they were before. And I'm sure they feel that they're not as high as they were. And it really doesn't matter. It's a long-term just consistency mm-hmm. and honing your craft. You're going to find your audience if you're consistent with whatever you're passionate about. There will be people that want to see what you're making. And you just got to keep going with it if you want to, if that's what you want to do. It really is. It's yeah. like an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Being a creator is a lot different than a lot of careers too because – Unlike playing a character on TV or something or like the YouTubers and stuff that had like Miranda Sings, like that was a character that was not personally her. Right. It's a lot harder, I think, when When you're yourself, it's yourself because then you take things so much more personally. Have you had to deal with a lot of like hate comments and all that fun stuff? Actually, I've been, I think, really lucky. I get probably the most hate when things go viral on Instagram. Dude, people are mean on Instagram. Little kids. And then young adult to middle-aged men are so mean to me. Yeah, I think you end up having to get, I mean, in the dance industry, obviously thick skin, like auditioning and having the ups and downs Oh my gosh, yes. And then social media, it's just like the same thing. Uh, Well, and to be honest, having gone through ballet school where I was told that I wasn't talented enough, my body didn't look right, I was stupid, are you drunk, sweetie, did you get a joint? (laughs) You know, all the time. That impacted me in a much more profound way than some stranger. I don't care what a stranger thinks. I care what my ballet master thinks. I care if they're making fun of me for my foot tickling, but you're saying I have cheese stick legs, whatever. That's just funny. Are you finding yourself, now that TikTok's become your main platform, how has that carried over to other platforms for you, like Instagram? TikTok hasn't really been my main platform for almost a year now. It's yeah. been more Instagram because I just feel like my audience is really engaged with my content because I've stayed consistent there. Mm. I know what they like. I know that they care about what I'm making. I get really, really profound messages and comments that inspire me and push me forward. On TikTok, you can't really count on that because of the way the algorithm works. Your followers that may love you won't necessarily see your content. It's very hit and miss. Even my husband, who engages with everything I post, when he opens his following page, he won't see a lot of my content. Which is crazy. I think a lot of people have that anxiety of like, oh, my content's not doing as well as it used to. I mean, we've both seen the ups and downs over the last five years. But I think 
what people don't realize is there's so much more content being put out right now on TikTok. It is more competitive, but I do still think the value is there just like with Instagram reels now. These video platforms are giving better reach than typical Instagram right. and YouTube. Totally. But because of the way the Instagram algorithm works where it shows your followers your stuff, I do feel like they feel more connected to me. Like I had some merch. I had people buy it from Instagram. Nobody bought it from TikTok. Yeah, I didn't think about it like that because Instagram does really show you the people you interact with the yeah. most. And TikTok doesn't necessarily They do that. show you the content they think you will like the most. So it's just a different approach. And it depends on what you want to get out of your social media. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's more about that personal connection. That's why I tend to like Instagram better. And then there's something to be said about TikTok. You can reach a huge audience. Mm -hmm. And I like to think of TikTok as kind of like the top of the funnel though, because it really does bring people that love your content and your niche to find you on other platforms. True. Like yeah. I always, when I see a creator that I'm like, this is cool. And then I'll go look at their Instagram and they're not posting anything on Instagram. And I'm like, oh, I want to see more of this. Right. Yeah. So it's like good that you can have content on another platform to show people. You said you don't post as much on TikTok anymore, right? So I just started last week posting again. I got hacked last summer. Yes. I wanted to ask you about that. Okay. Yeah. Tell me, tell me everything. What so, happened? What's the tea? So I got hacked by like a 17 year old kid. He hacked my account. He deleted all my videos and I instantly got it back. He deleted your videos? He didn't just private them? No, he deleted them all. Wait, that's like feels illegal. It does, right? I pursued it because we actually found the person, his address, his parents' phone number, and everything. And where he goes to school, we found all of his information. What? Through my followers. He's done it to a lot of people. We talked to the cops and they said they're not going to do anything because he's a minor. And, but what if he had been an adult? Is that like a crime? Yeah. That feels like if a crime. If he was an adult, they would have pursued it. But because he was just a little bit younger. Yep. That's insane. To drop it. So, okay, you got your account back. Oh, no. And they tried to extort me. He tried to extort oh, me. Wait, that's illegal. It's totally illegal. And I have proof of it. And I gave it to the cops. And they were like, he's a kid. We don't want to ruin his life. And I said, okay, but he's going to keep doing this as an adult. And it will ruin his life. For real, it's going to ruin his no, life. No, yeah. So basically, I was at the highest high ever. Everything I was posting was between 5 and 20 million views at That's that point. insane. And then after he took it, I couldn't get over 200,000 views on anything. So how do you like move on from that without being super discouraged? I was super discouraged. And I basically quit for a long time. I would post once a month maybe. And I just shifted to Instagram mm -hmm. because I was just like, you know what? I've worked this hard for this long and somebody can take it from you like that. What am I doing this for? So I just, I took a break and I needed it because I was so discouraged. And I just recently last week started posting again and I kind of have to retrain the algorithm, I feel like, to understand what kind of content I make mm -hmm. because it's been so long. Yeah. So I am turning out like a crazy amount of stuff right now, like four or the five volume videos a day just to teach it my stuff to. And to find what is even working on TikTok now, because I have no idea. I it's changed so much. I don't even use the app anymore. So it's a process. I can already see I went from having like 50,000 views a week to now 500,000 in five days. That's a big improvement. Yeah. It just takes time, I it think, just takes to time. rebuild. Yep. How do you decide what content to post if you're not like watching it as often? I listen to music. I actually look at Instagram. <laughs> Get some ideas. Yeah. A lot of times what I do is I look at my comments from my own followers and that inspires me. Ooh, that's a really good one. When people are asking you specific things, like they're giving you content ideas. Oh, totally. I think half of the things I made in the last week were just because somebody asked for it. 
And did they perform yeah. how you expected them to? They performed well. That's awesome. Because people like it when you're engaging and you're making stuff that they're asking for. Yeah. And if one person wants it, probably a lot of other people want it. Yeah, that's too. so true. And I always tell people to like, look at the questions people are asking about your niche in general. Yeah. Like just Google. Like what, what are people asking about point shoots? True. You know, like there's so many things out there that you can make content about. Oh, for sure. I made a video, like I was saying yesterday, that's just about how my shoes came in too small and I've been struggling with them for the year. So I had to change point shoes. And that's like great because that's your real life. It's my real life. it's not something you're having to like. No. Come up with a concept for and find somewhere to film. And it's something I know completely everything about because it's just me. (laughs) I'm super excited for you getting this like new restart. New me. So we'll have to definitely get together again because I want to see like where where this goes. goes. My biggest hope is that I just don't get burnt out. Mm. Yeah. I think that's all we can hope for. Yeah. Because the numbers, those are come and go. You can't really predict that. Yeah, that's so true. That's something that we all have to learn the hard way. I feel like it's, like I said, a roller coaster. It is. Expect it to be unpredictable. (laughs) That should be like TikTok slogan. For sure. Don't freak out. You're fine. If you feel comfortable, it's going to change. Every time you feel like you're on top of the world, something. The rug is coming out. Yeah. And that's okay, though. It's part of the. It's part of the journey. Experience. It teaches you to be calm. It brings out your zen or you have to find you have your to zen. find it for sure yeah. Yeah, i've been guilty of not finding the zen me too i realized in 2020 i had some freak out moments when things didn't do well like ads and stuff and i realized this is not healthy and i need to make a change and i've been yeah. happier since one thing that comes up a lot talking to creators is mental health and how being a content creator can play a big part it can challenge yeah, yeah. for sure yeah. like i think almost every creator that's been on the podcast has had said something about that which is good for people to be talking about it because right it's a common experience it's good to expect it and to prepare for that especially with fast growth too because it's a whirlwind yeah you were all of a sudden working with musically out of nowhere i know like that's insane you said you lost a lot of the content that was already on your tiktok do you film and edit outside of tiktok or do you use within the platform both i used to do both Mm -hmm. so all of that early stuff a lot of it was in the platform right? because I didn't know what I was doing, which is very sad. <laughs> I think that's what a lot of people do, though. I tend to see that people start out using oh, tools in the platform. But long term, I think as a creator, it's important to be able to edit outside, too, because you'll own your content. And the quality of the video is just going to be higher. And that's such an important thing. And you can put it on other platforms. Mm-hmm, exactly. There's so much content I can go back to and repost later or repost the same platform when it becomes relevant again. Mm-hmm. And that's great for when you're going through like a period too where you don't feel like posting. Exactly, then you can yeah. recycle old content. Yeah, and you have those like video it. clips too that you can always edit into. Oh, I do that all the trends. time. Yeah, yeah, me too. Especially because I like to do talking videos, mm-hmm. but I don't want to just sit and talk. I find it more engaging to have the visuals along with it. So I'll use old videos so I don't have to reshoot. That's smart because then you're doing, what is it? Work smarter, not harder. Exactly. It always makes me sad when people don't like own their content. Like it's like on a platform and then you have to download it with a watermark or there's really like no good way to export from any platform without ruining the quality right, of the exactly. video. There's no good way. What app are you using when you edit? I do most of it on my phone. I use Video Leap. Mm-hmm. It works fantastically. I can even do some pretty decent green screen effects on it, which is nice. I think that's cool that you went from really knowing nothing about social media when you started this 
to now you're like doing these cool edits and effects and it's stuff that you've basically learned oh yeah experience just through trial and error I think people get really overwhelmed with getting started on social media because they see people you know like autumn who has over three million followers and like oh I could never do that but they don't realize you know five years ago I couldn't do it either (laughs) exactly like it just takes time and practice and just putting yourself out there just like any skill the more you do it the better you're gonna get at it and whatever your specific content is, the more you do it, the easier it will get to create it. I would sit for an hour or two every day just to come up with what I was going to make. And now I just read comments. I watch videos, I listen to music. And I'm like, okay, this is what I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. And it's automatic. So how do you balance being a full-time ballet dancer and being a content creator? I think there's different types of creators out there. Like some people create content about their career and then you're kind of balancing two careers in a way. And then some people, like I'm a full-time content creator and I don't post about a specific career, if that makes sense. So it's my ballet company, the situation there makes it a little bit hard. Like I would love to make a ton of videos about that but we can't even take a picture backstage in the costume and post it online. Right. Because in some career paths, you know, you have those restrictions with your job. Exactly. Exactly. So I realized I can't keep these worlds really together. They have to be separate. Plus it's hard to get studio space. So very Mm. few of my videos are actually in the studio unless we're on break. And that's pretty much the only time I can actually film something in the studio when I'm not actually rehearsing. So that's kind of how you got into these more creative dance videos. Yeah, I didn't have a lot of options because I have a home studio, but it's the size of this room. So And this room's not very big. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's so not exactly great for I, showing off. Not going to do a leap in here. No. Then you're going to hit a cement wall. That's so interesting, though. I think when people see creators in their niche that is their career, they think it has to look a specific way and they kind of put themselves in a box and think, oh, well... If I'm a dancer, I need to be doing dance and videos, but sometimes you can build your career online in surrounding ways because you're talking about point shoes, you're educating people, you're doing these cool effects. You're not necessarily performing. Right, right. It's totally true. There are so many ways to be a creator for everything. And I think the biggest thing is just find something that you are interested in doing a lot of because you're going to do a lot of it. And you can explore and find that. And that's great. That's part of the process. But I really think what's special about social media is it lets us be creative in a way that as a dancer, I don't get to be in the studio. They tell me what to do. They tell me where to stand. They tell me what my emotion is. You know, they'll tell me how to hold my hand when I'm thinking about something. And I don't have a lot of freedom. But when I make my videos, I can make whatever story I want, whatever dance I want, whatever I want to communicate. And that's pretty cool. That was something I actually found very empowering about social media because I also come from a dance background and performing, acting. And so much of our career is someone else telling us like, yes, you're good enough or no, these things need to change. It's so much about having someone else judge you basically and tell you what you're going to be doing. For me with creating, it did give me a space where I felt like I could be myself more. And I have a job regardless of if someone thinks I'm good enough. That's so empowering to like know that my income is based on being myself to an extent and having that platform where I can do that. And then you get to connect with so many other creators. Like we would have never probably met, which is so funny because I'm, I mean, from Oklahoma City, family up here and the dance world. And like, who would have thought we met through musically? I know, right? Like five years ago. At a weird meetup in a park. (laughs) That was interesting. That was wild. It's cool to see how the platforms have evolved though. And I think my favorite thing is seeing how creators make 
their content fit into their lives like over a long period of time. Obviously, what you're making now is so different than what you were doing back then. And totally, too. totally. Do you think with taking a longer break, has it shifted more of your focus with content creation? Yeah, I'd say so. Really, my focus is less what can I make that TikTok is going to boost out and show people and more what can I create that is going to impact people? Because that's kind of how I work on Instagram. And I realized I can take that idea to TikTok and actually find some fulfillment there instead of just money and some pats on the back. Yeah. I think the money thing, I used to think, oh, I'm just going to have it made. I remember I couldn't even think about like what it would be like to have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Right. And now I'm like, oh, cool. I don't feel any different. No. It's more about like the connections and the people. And the bigger your account gets, the more you think that's a small number. Uh, Okay. I'm so glad you brought that up because I have definitely struggled with that. I have friends that are like, oh my God, you have, you know, 900,000 followers. You're famous. I'm like literally just a normal person. I know. I I have people come up to me on the street and they recognize me and it is so nice, but so weird. Because you don't feel any different. I always saw people who were successful on social media and thought like, wow, if I just had that number of followers, things would be so much easier, but it never is. And I actually think the bigger you get, the more pressure there is to perform. One thing I love to ask everyone is if you were going to go back and start over today, which you kind of kind of to. am doing. Yeah. yeah. So what would you do differently? I would focus on making content that I liked and not look at the numbers. Which is so hard to do because it is like a vanity metric. I have to say though, this last weekish has been the happiest I've ever been making content for TikTok because I just I'm not paying attention to it. I'm just making whatever I feel like making that I think feeds into my creator voice. It's really fun. I think that's really the sweet spot though, is when you can find that authenticity and be able to align that and then your audience enjoys it and is receptive to it. I think sometimes it just takes a little bit of time to like redirect. Right. What advice do you have for someone who is starting out brand new? I would say have fun. Follow your passions. Don't get caught up in the numbers and uh, block people that spam you with hate comments. Oh my gosh. Your page is yours. You can choose to block or if there's certain words, like I filter oh, yeah. specific words. Like I personally don't want anyone commenting on my body. So I yeah. like filter out words right, right, that right. would be specific to that. Definitely the comment filters are oh, oh, very important. Yes. I'm glad we got to get together because I actually didn't know that's how you started. And yeah. it was so like out of the gate. It was meant to be, I guess. Just one of those well, we'll got see. lucky moments. Well, I think sometimes people say they got lucky, but my ballet teacher used to always say that luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Oh, oh well, I will take credit for something I didn't <laughs> do then. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me today, Autumn. Uh, thank you You for guys can me. follow Autumn on her socials. Tell everyone where they can find you. You can find me at Autumn S. Klein on Instagram and TikTok and Autumn S. Klein Shorts on YouTube. Ooh, oh, man, we didn't even get into shorts. That's a whole nother monster. Thank you so much for pushing play today. That's it for this week's episode. Remember to subscribe and leave us a rating or review if you liked what you heard. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram and TikTok and join our exclusive Facebook community group for more support and guidance as you grow. I'm your host, Victoria Jameson, and I'll see you next week for another episode of TikTok Radio.